everyone, I'm Eileen Chaw, and welcome to On Your Mind for another episode. This episode is part two of Diversity Club's Storytelling Project, and last week in part one, we heard from students of color at Maasai about the struggles and hardships they've been through from being a minority in a very much white-dominated school. So in this week's episode, after hearing all of these students of color, I wanted to talk about what actions we can take and what our white peers and teachers and staff and admin at Mount Sai can do to be an active anti-racist and also help create an anti-racist culture at our school. I talked to some of my white peers and student leaders at our school in this episode, and before we get started, I just want to thank everyone for showing lots of love to our diversity club and the episode I released on Saturday, and if students at Mount Sai are listening right now and want to be involved in diversity club and want to support us, feel free to DM me on Instagram or reach out to our diversity club Instagram or email. But yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this episode, and without further ado, let's get right into it. Okay, so in our first episode, we only heard from students of color, but I thought it would be interesting if we also brought in a student who was white and heard their perspective on racism and learn how they are personally trying to be an active anti-racist. So let's bring on one of my friends, Olive O'Riordan. Hey, Olive, thank you so much for doing this. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so... You're obviously not a student of color, but I wanted to hear your voice and have you on the podcast because I follow you on Instagram and I've been really appreciative of everything you've been posting on your Insta story. Um, So my first question is, how are you personally trying to be an active anti-racist as a white ally? Because, you know, I think you could inspire our other white peers who are listening to do the same things you're doing. Absolutely. Um, Well, I think... For me, I've always kind of considered myself a pretty like politically minded person. So I have like previously like thought about this issue, but never before have I like dedicated so much time to just like one issue alone. And I think along with educating myself and donating and things like that, I have like learned that I need to have some like self-reflection on my own like tendencies like, I, I think that I have never really thought about, like, my impact. Like, I've always been like, oh, I support, like, communities of color and, like, all of these organizations and politicians. And I have never really thought, well, what is my impact? And I did some self-reflection, and I've never lived in a very diverse area. But when I lived in Michigan, I had, there was, like, a larger percentage of black students at my school and when I lived there I was thinking about it and all the white girls were friends and all the black girls were friends and like we co-mingled but we didn't like we weren't in the same groups you know what I mean yeah and I think that's hard for me to admit like it's hard for me to say like I self-segregated and I like did that and I played an active part and like I had racist tendencies, but I think it's really important for me to be able to acknowledge that because that's how I get better. And I'm learning that when it comes to race, like as a white person, I can't let my subconscious like 
rule. I have to like intentionally make decisions when it comes to race. That's awesome. And I think it's really important for people to understand that you have to like actively put in the work to be anti-racist. You can't just say like, oh, I'm not racist and post a couple things on your story that other people are posting too. Like that's just called performative activism. And honestly, I think that's like super transparent. Like people can automatically tell that you're just doing everything because it's trendy right now, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're self-reflecting. I think a lot of people can do that as well. But um, with this, you know, huge Black Lives Matter movement, has your views on, like, you sort of touched on this a little bit, but has your views on racism changed at all? And how do you think that's going to affect your actions and your mannerisms at school when and if we go back? Absolutely. So my dad was a federal agent. He was a Secret Service agent for 10 years, and he worked during the recession. So the police force in Detroit was like, low on he was a polygraph examiner Mm -hmm. so they were like low on polygraph examiners so my dad worked with the Detroit PD and because of that I growing up had a great relationship with police officers like I knew my neighborhood cop like he would joke about oh when all is on the road like whatever (laughs) and you know my I all like I grew up around all of these people who were federal agents who were like great people and so my view of cops was always like, oh, you know, not all cops, not all whatever, like, as much as I like recognize that there was an issue, like I was hesitant to be like, oh, but they're not all bad. But Mm -hmm. I am in my, you know, self reflection and seeing like, my experience with that is totally different than other people's. And because those police officers were nice to me doesn't mean that they wouldn't racially profile someone or have an instance where they stay silent. And I think, you know, the the issue is with like unions and how people aren't like speaking up when they see something wrong and they're not having that self-reflection in the police force. And I think I went into this feeling like, oh, not all cops, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a problem. And now I'm like, no, we need serious systematic change. Yeah. And part of the reason why I asked you that is because I feel like, you know, with your self-reflection, I feel like you've, you have educated yourself about the systemic racism that's set place in our country. And would you agree that that has changed you for the better? Like, is it going to change like your actions and what you think of people? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it all comes back to being intentional, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think before I was just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to treat everybody like a human being and not really think about it. But now I'm like, when I'm in situations that involve race, I need to be really intentional about my actions. Yeah. So your mom was one of my history teachers in middle school. So do you think that Mount Sai and schools in general should incorporate some kind of education on racism and its extenuating history? Or Do you have any other ideas on what we or our school can do in relation to creating a safer environment for our minority students? Absolutely. So my mom, if she were here, would be like, history is so important when it comes to this stuff. Because really, the more you know about history, like, the more, like, educated you are for today, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think my mom grew up grew up in the south where they taught like the civil war is like the war of northern aggression you know Mm -hmm. and how like the glorifies the southern troops and i think even now like in this movement you're seeing more and more flaws in the way history is taught and i think we need to fix 
those and talk about, you know, George Washington's teeth were slave teeth, not wood teeth, you <laughs> yeah. know, like that. Like we need to be having those conversations in history class. And I also think like in advisory, it would be a great idea to have a couple of days where we talk about racial biases or we watch, you know, a documentary or something like that so that we, you know, as a community are educating ourselves. And I also think reading anti-racist literature in class is so important. Like yeah. when I was ever, like a freshman, sophomore, every year as a girl, I've been like, gosh, all of these protagonists are guys. You know? <laughs> I didn't even think about like, they're all white. Like yeah. I cannot think of a single non-white protagonist in any book that we've read. Yeah. And we need to be having that perspective, especially living in the Valley where everyone is white, you know? Yeah, that's a great idea. I think we should, I mean, I'm hoping that our staff and admin are listening to this podcast right now, so hopefully we can incorporate some of your ideas, because that's great. Well, thank you so much, Olive, for your input. I really appreciate your time, um, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Eileen. (laughs) Okay, bye, Olive. Bye. Okay, shout out to Olive. She's always been like one of the nicest people I've ever met and she had a lot of great points, um, especially with her realizing that she previously had racist tendencies without knowing it. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, again, whether they know it or not. And, you know, she said that she needed to acknowledge that as a white person and actively try to not let her subconscious take over and really think about her actions. And I think that can come a lot easier if we have the education in our schooling years, like middle school and high school, um, like have the education on our dragging history of black oppression in this country and also read more books that are written by black authors or have a black protagonist because then students, especially those who are white, they have the opportunity to look at the world in a black person's point of view um, and learn from history's mistakes. And also, in my experience, when we were, when if we ever read a book in LA that was set in a time where slavery was institutionalized, the N-word would occasionally come up. And obviously, if we were reading out loud or not reading out loud, you know, we would never say that word. But at the same time, we wouldn't acknowledge why we shouldn't say that racially profiled slur and just move on, you know? And that's something I think we really need to hound on. Like, we really need to start acknowledging our education system's flaws for students um, because then if we acknowledge these flaws and work on fixing these flaws, you know, by educating students on why we shouldn't say those slurs, why that slur has such a profound impact on black people and the history of that slur, um, students have a greater understanding on issues in the real world, like currently. Um, but again, getting to hear all that from all this point of view was really enlightening, um, and hopefully more of my peers can take up her example. Speaking of example, it's really important for uh, our student leaders or just any leader in general to lead by example. So I wanted to bring on a student leader who could help promote change directly at our school. So let's bring on Emma Cullen, the ASB president, as well as one of the student representatives on the school board. Hey, Emma, thanks for taking time out of your day to be on my podcast. Hi, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) That's great. Okay, so you are like one of the biggest like student leaders at our school, you know, with ASB and the school board and everything. So what do you want to see change and what actions are you and ASB going to take 
regarding, you know, like making sure we have racial equity among all students at our school next year, now that this whole issue on racism has been spotlighted all throughout our country? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And there's so much that has not been done and there's so much room for improvement. And that's how I look at our school, especially being a school where we have a huge, you know, Caucasian population. It's really hard for those students of minorities to kind of feel like they belong in a place that is so heavily populated by one race. Um, I know ASB, this is something that I've been talking about with administration for years now. And last year, we were finally about to really take in something and do something. But because of coronavirus, you know, we weren't able to take actions in the events we were thinking of. So now we've got to, you know, start all over. But with all of school being online, we have tons of time to kind of think and focus our energy on instead of planning, you know, oh, we have to plan homecoming in October. You know, how can we focus? Definitely engaging with diversity club. I mean, Eileen, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to see that take action and, and launch because it's definitely a club that our school needs. And a lot of other high schools, when I meet with other ASB presidents or other school boards, they all have a black student union. Yes. And that's something I really want to roll out for students along with the diversity club, just because, especially with all Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and all of this, you know, c- kind of an upbringing that a, sp- a social awareness that people are starting to figure out. That is something I definitely want to reach out to our, you know, students of color and, you know, our black students. What do you want to see? You know, our MLK assembly last year was canceled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of the snowstorm, how can we make something this year happen where if we, you know, we can't do assembly because it's social distancing, what are we going to do? So we really want to get lots of input from students. And just lots of, you know, because I don't know, you know, I'm a white female. I want to know other people. I want to hear other people. I want to listen to stories and listen to struggles. And I think that's my biggest thing this year is listening and learning to, not even learning to adapt, knowing how to change among the whole student population. Yeah, I know I voted you for a reason. Um, so with our MLK assembly and stuff like that, has our school like ever celebrated Black History Month? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, I bet they've, you know, administration has tried to say they have in like some sort of effort, but it's never really been demonstrated. Um, this year we had a really, this last year we had a really amazing speaker lined up, but unfortunately, um, we had to cancel because of the snowstorm. And so I was really disappointed. And, you know, it's really actually, you would think it's really difficult to find a, somebody who wants to speak in assembly, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who's gone through the experiences, because then you also have to encounter like all these different things. You know, they can't talk about religion. They can't talk about political right. views because they come from a natural, you know, something that all students can agree with. And then it, cause we don't, you know, race should not be a political thing. Mm -hmm. That's like bottom line. It shouldn't. So for me, it's really hard to, you know, look through stuff because a lot of people do turn it politically, which is really hard to see because then the students who don't agree with that political side now think it's okay to be racist, which it's not. 
Yeah, and also, like, I think our, personally, our school has done a poor job with celebrating diversity. Like, again, I understand that all of our students are mostly white, but that doesn't mean we don't have any students of color um, who face racism every day, every day. And, you know, again, we all pride ourselves in going to Mount Si. Like, I'm super proud to be a Wildcat, and I love our school, but how do you, like, this, we're talking about all these assemblies and, like, having speakers, but how do you think students can support their fellow peers who are students of color? Yeah, and that's, that's something that um, our principal, Mr. Belcher, talks with me a lot about, is how are we going to create culture? Mm -hmm. He always says, creating a culture where everybody feels like they belong, and I think as student leaders, it's important to show how it's done. You know, underclassmen, for seniors, it's really important to watch your actions and how you talk to someone should, whether it's your best friend or somebody you barely know, shouldn't be different. Right. It's the same thing fluently, you know, just because you are a different race, I, you can see it. You don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. You, ex- you express and enjoy that they are and you take in what they are. So, I mean, for me, that's such a difficult question because how do you change somebody who, you know, is, who bullies and harassable for their, their race. But I know something that I'm definitely going to be on our class is that just because somebody has a different race doesn't mean you should treat them any differently. And Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, the kids in ASB last year, they were not held to the standard that they should be held to, you know, if somebody says that, then other kids are going to say it. So I think that's where, you know, all students, if you are a leader in some sort, you need to be taking action and showing an example for the people who, you know, don't have the mindset to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Emma, for being a guest on this podcast. Maybe I'll ask you to come back for another episode. Yes, but I would love again, that. thanks again and take care. Thank you so much, Eileen. Thanks for having me. We are very lucky that we have great student leaders at our school like Emma. I'm really excited to work hand-in-hand with ASB with our diversity club so we can collaborate on taking student initiative and helping make our school a better place. I'm really glad that we have ASB's support. Um, And even though we're 100% online with COVID and everything, um, we're going to make the most of everything. But speaking of ASB, I also wanted to talk to our vice president as well, Michael Albert, who is also a student of color. So let's get Michael on here. Hey, Michael, man, the myth, the legend, Michael Albert. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. Pleasure being here with you. Okay, so for the one person who doesn't know who you are, um, can you introduce yourself, like what grade you're going into, and also what race or ethnicity you identify as? Um, so my name is Michael Albert. I am a uh, Indian American. I'm going into my senior year this fall, uh, all online. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that will. <laughs> so excited. Um, yeah, I am the vice president of our ASB and uh, president of the Cyber Defense Club. So. Yeah, that's, that's Very fun. nice. So I have known you since like elementary school. We go way back. Oh, yeah. And we have been in this district our entire like kindergarten to senior year. Um, so what has it been like to be a student of color and go to school in this district? So it's it's really um interesting because so for the most part you have a lot of people who are aware that racism is a thing and so there are people who try to 
avoid um who try to stop well okay so there's there's two there's uh so we have a so there is I, as a, as a student in this district i have experienced racism you have uh obviously people who say things um that that aren't always designed to be racist but uh i think you mentioned it earlier like something about uh like people will make fun about your food or something right and that's like something that you can't control or um and then you feel self-conscious about it but it's not designed to be a racist comment but right. stuff like that and then uh also we've been pressured into being kind of adopt a different kind of culture than than what we have at home right so yeah that's... yeah and i feel like we've had this conversation like jokingly before mm -hmm. um but you know as you know i'm asian and you're indian but we don't act like the usual asian or indian student like we obviously look like it but we don't really act like it because we've grown up in this environment with our school and you know everyone at our school again is white so i don't want to say we're necessarily like whitewash because that can be a derogatory term but i just think that you know we've had to adopt to fit in with the rest of our peers and like no matter how much people say like oh like it's so good to be different like embrace your uniqueness and it's all that stuff right but there's still a part of you that doesn't want to be the odd one out so we've always had to really adapt to our white peers and everything so what is your opinion on that like have you ever struggled with that fact because personally I have like with the food and everything like like with lunch I don't want to pack my mom's amazing Korean food because I'm afraid someone's gonna say like oh that smells weird or just judge me for it you know so what's your opinion on that um, yeah, I've had the same thing, like going through elementary school, people would see my lunch and be like, oh, that that smells weird or like, oh, that looks weird. But, you know, this is something that I've grown up eating. And so as I went into middle school and high school, I would just pack like a sandwich just yeah. to, <laughs> even though it, it isn't as good. It's just to avoid that um, that sort of judgment. I would try to become like the people around me. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time. Uh, rather than embracing my heritage and my culture, as I've gone through high school, I've more of um, tried to hide it or even just uh, try to pretend like I'm one of the the other students at our school just, just so I can fit in and feel, you know. But Normal. once again, our, uh, our, our school staff has done an amazing job at making us feel welcome. Yeah, totally. Uh, like it's not tolerated at all. And mm -hmm. I, I love that they have such a hard line about that because um, it's, it's definitely helped me in some situations. Yeah. Do you think there's racial equity among students at our school? I, th I think there is. Um, I think that while among the students people say or do racist things, we've, we've all seen like people on social media posting problematic things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that from like a school culture standpoint, the students are pretty, we're pretty, we're treated pretty equally because we've, uh, racism is not tolerated at our school. We've been told that from, since we've, since we've been growing up, our, our teachers and our staff have made sure that racism is not okay. And that uh, they've been very clear about that. And yeah, and that's, I think you're talking about like how teachers treat their students, but what about like how students treat each other? Like, do you think that there's a problem with that? 
Yeah, there is, there's definitely, uh, students treating other students will always be a problem because um, some students uh, just, I don't know, I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> a lot of students that I've met, they, they seem to be like, they, they seem to be pretty culturally aware, try to be uh, more inclusive, but we do have some, some students, obviously, who, who don't do that, and I feel like it's 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 a it's a shame because sometimes they're good people sometimes like but uh, they just um they, they're just not inclusive they're not tolerant of other cultures and I think that's it's a shame that we have those kinds of people at our school yeah and what do you think okay so there are some kids out there like that's I think unfortunately that's inevitable but you know what do you think students and especially ASB since you're the VP and everything um what do you think we can do to help, you know, promote racial equality at our school and make sure that, you know, that kind of discrimination isn't at our school, whether, you know, it could be a small comment, right, that can be racist, or it can be like a huge incident. But either way, that racism is racism, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. no place for that at school when students of color, our small population of students of color are always discriminated against. So what do you think ASB can do to help promote that? So one of the really big things that uh, ASB is going to do this year is we're going to help out with the diversity club and try to uh, preach this. And I know you're the president of the diversity club. <laughs> Good so <to> hear. <laughs> shout out. Um, but I think it's really important that we um, push the message of diversity among our students because, uh, and I, I guarantee that'll, that'll come up in our Wildcat TV this year. That'll come up in all of our ASB, uh, whatever stuff that we post this year. We'll definitely uh, we'll we'll push the the whole equality diversity thing a bunch a bunch more this year, because Amazing. I think that in the past we've kind of ignored it, um, but uh, we're gonna change take a new direction this year. We're gonna try to be more inclusive. Awesome! I'm really glad to hear that. Well, thanks again for coming on. It's always a fun time talking to you, yeah. but yeah, thanks again. Thanks. Okay, so something that I think needs to be emphasized more is the whole concept of microaggressions. Like Michael said, some people will be racist without necessarily meaning to, and I think this is one of the most major problems at our school, and it's definitely going to be something that our diversity club will be focusing our efforts on, you know? Because, like, what is a microaggression? Why does a comment that might not seem like a big deal have a huge impact on students of color? And Michael and I talked about food and our cultures and how we've dealt with people making these snide comments, so I'm hoping that our school will commit to putting in the effort to talk about more cultures in the world you know let's talk about african culture east asian south asian southeast asian you know middle eastern etc all of these cultures you know we don't need students from these cultures to talk about them and learn more about them and this is something that you know diversity club will also be helping out with um you know, just learning about more culture, celebrating diversity and everything. But speaking of Diversity Club, the last guest we're going to have on our podcast this episode is Amelie Brownstein. She is the secretary of our Diversity Club, and she and I have been working on this club, you know, always brainstorming what we can do with this club. So let's bring her on. Hi, Amelie. It's so good to see you again. It's nice to see you too, Eileen. Okay, so for my listeners, uh, can you introduce yourself, like what grade are you going to go into and what race and or ethnicity do you identify as? Um, I'm going into 10th grade uh, and I identify as Chinese American. 
Nice. So you and I are like partners in crime for our diversity club because it's just the two of us trying to start this club and make this happen. So I wanted to ask you, um, why do you think we should have a diversity club at our school? Uh, So people like us can feel safe and Mm -hmm. have a place to talk about their experiences. And so they know that they're not alone in the world. Mm -hmm. And we also had a little student forum, like that's where this whole idea of a diversity club came out. So um, what made you want to join that forum? Like, did you just want to see what other people were going to say or? In all honesty, I learned about it through my mom and she Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, you should join. And I went to one of the meetings, right? And um, I was very surprised by what we were talking about. Why were you surprised? Well, it's not that I was surprised. It was like more like fascination, I guess, as in, you know, I wasn't kind of expecting that we would talk about such serious things and which was nice because I feel like I can't talk about that kind of thing with my other friends without like upsetting them or something. Yeah. And I think that's why our diversity club is so important because it, can serve as an outlet for people to have those tough conversations because I know it can be tough to talk about race, especially when all of your friends are white, you know, so they don't really understand what you go through. So, you know, in general, like, what do you think diversity club means to a student of color like yourself? Um, well, I think it means a lot of things um, and it can be like a broad specter for most people. But I think the most important thing is that you can go there and you know just be yourself and like Mm -hmm. not hide from the world because I feel like sometimes um we have to put on a mask Mm -hmm. to blend in with our surroundings and like suffocate ourselves which is awful right and last question um what do you hope is going to change at our school as a result of this club and this podcast episode um i hope people will be more like respectful try to educate themselves more um Mm -hmm. before they make a backhand comment about oh uh something racist or like you know anything that's offensive really and uh so you know to prevent that kind of thing i guess awesome well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast amelie and I'll see you at our leadership for leadership meeting for Diversity Club next week. <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me. No problem. See you later. See you. So the reason why I wanted Amelie to be the last guest on this episode and let her talk about Diversity Club is because if you are listening to this episode, you know, and if you listen to the whole part one part of this project, um, you are going in the right direction you know you are actively putting in the work to learn more from your fellow students of color at our at your school um and i just wanted to say that i really appreciate everyone for listening and taking the time to hear from our students of color and also you know hear ideas about how we can change for the better because you know that's the only way we can move forward we can learn and reflect um, and listen and that's the only way we can make our school a better place so um, I am again like I said before I'm really excited for our diversity club Um, hopefully we can have more cool projects like this in the future and yeah um, I think that's it for 
this episode. Um, thank you everyone again for supporting our diversity club and showing lots of love for this project. I really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for listening and I will see you guys next week.